Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the menu atop uh, on the entry online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. Um, Also on the top menu, there's a link to receive a daily email, which will send you the text reading and the uh, lesson for the day, the various forms. You can listen to it or read it and, and all that's available for free and this meeting. This call, I don't want to call it a class, this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And today we're reading from Chapter 21, Section 7, Reason and Correction. And the lesson for the day, which we visit at the top of the hour, is Lesson 241. This holy instant is salvation come. And today we start a new subsection in the second half of the workbook under the question, What is the world? And... Brand will lead us through that at the top of the hour. All right, well, <laughs> and now I ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic opening for this call this morning? I do. It's very sweet and precious to me. It's a teeny tiny little piece from Rumi. Teeny tiny, and so I'll say it twice. Let's see. Long tab, here it is. Find the sweetness. Find the sweetness in your own heart. And you may find the sweetness in every heart. Find the sweetness in your own heart. And you may find the sweetness in every heart. This holy instant is salvation come. Amen. Thank you, so Lori. That was, that was sweet. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. I like that first translation, too. Oopsie. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. (laughs) Indeed. All right. Um, 
With us in reading this morning, I have Fran, Lori, Jennifer, Harrison, and Karen. And listening, I have Robin Marie. And is there anyone else who's joined us who'd like to, to say good morning or join the reading list? Okay. I'll go ahead and get us started then in chapter 21, The Inner Picture, section 7, Reason and Correction. Paragraph 59. Reason cannot see sin, but can see errors and leads to their correction. It does not value them, but their correction. Reason will also tell you when you think you sin, you call for help. Yet, if you will not accept the help you call for, you will not believe that it is yours to give. And so you will not give it, thus maintaining the belief. For uncorrected error of any kind deceives you about the power that is in you to make correction. If it can correct and you allow it not to do so, you deny it to yourself and to your brother. And if he shares the same belief, you both will think you are damned. This you could spare him and yourself. For a reason would not make way for correction in you alone. Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, Section 7, Reason and Correction, Paragraph 59. Reason cannot see sin, but can see errors and leads to their correction. It does not value them, but their correction. Reason will also tell you when you think you sin, you call for help. Yet if you will not accept the help you call for, you will not believe that it is yours to give. And so you will not give it, thus maintaining the belief. For uncorrected error of any kind deceives you about the power that is in you to make correction. If it can correct and you allow it not to do so, you deny it to yourself and to your brother. And if he shares the same belief, you both will think that you are damned. This you could spare him and yourself, for reason would not make way for correction in you alone. 60. Correction cannot be accepted or refused by you without your brother. Sin would maintain it can, yet reason tells you that you cannot see your brother or yourself as sinful and still perceive the other innocent, who looks upon himself as guilty and sees a sinless world. And who can see a sinful world and look upon himself apart from it? Sin would maintain you must be separate. But reason tells you that this must be wrong. If you are joined, how could it be that you have private thoughts? And how could thoughts that enter into what but seems like yours alone have no effect at all on what is yours? If minds are joined, this is impossible. Thank you, Fran. And Lori, 
60. Correction cannot be accepted used by you without your brother. Lori, you're, you're really quiet this morning. I don't, I don't know if you can Let do Let me try it again. There you go. There we go. Okay, correction cannot be accepted or refused by you without your brother. Sin would maintain it can. Yet reason tells you that you cannot see your brother or yourself as sinful and still perceive the other innocent who looks upon himself as guilty and sees a sinless world and who can see a sinful world and look upon himself apart from it. Sin would maintain you must be separate but reason tells you that this must be wrong. If you are joined, how could it be that you have private thoughts? And how could thoughts that enter into what but seems like yours alone have no effect at all on what is yours? If minds are joined, this is impossible. 6.1 No one can think but for himself, as God thinks, not without his son. Only were both in bodies could this be. Nor could one mind think only for itself unless the body were the mind. For only bodies can be separate and therefore unreal. The home of madness cannot be the home of reason. Yet it is easy to leave the home of madness if you see a reason. If you see reason. If you do not leave insanity by going somewhere else, you leave it simply by accepting reason where madness was. Madness and reason see the same things, but it is certain they look upon them differently. Thank you, Lori and Jennifer. Are you on mute, Jennifer? Hello? Hello. Can you guys hear me? Okay. 61. No one can think but for himself as God thinks not without his son. Only were both in bodies could this be, nor could one mind think only for itself unless the body were the mind. For only bodies can be separate and therefore unreal. The home of madness cannot be the home of reason. Yet it is easy to leave the home of madness if you see reason. You do not leave insanity by going somewhere else. You leave it simply by accepting reason where madness was. Madness and reason see the same things, but it is certain that they look upon them differently. 62. Madness is an attack on reason that drives it out of the mind and takes its place. Reason does not attack 
but takes the place of madness quietly, replacing madness if it be the will of the insane to listen to it. But the same know not their will, for they believe they see the body and let their madness tell them that it is real. Reason would be incapable of this. And if you would defend the body and get against your reason, you will not understand the body or yourself. Pass. Thank you, Jennifer. And Harrison. 62. Madness is an attack on reason. That drives it out of mind and takes its place. Reason does not attack but takes the place of madness quietly, replacing madness if it be the will of the insane to listen to it. But the insane know not their will, for they believe they see the body and let their madness tell them it is real. Reason would be incapable of this. If you, and if you would defend the body against your reason, you will not understand the body or itself. <clears throat> 63. The body does not separate you from your brother. And if you think it does, you are insane. But madness has a purpose and believes it also has the means to make its purpose real. To see the body as a barrier between what reason tells you must be doing, must be insane. Nor could you see it if you heard the voice of reason. What can there be that stands between what is continuous? And if there is nothing in between, how can what enters part be kept away from other parts? Reason would tell you this. But think what you must recognize if it be so. Thank you, Harrison. And Karen. 63. The body does not separate you from your brother. And if you think it does, you are insane. But madness has a purpose and believes it also has the means to make its purpose real. To see the body as a barrier between what reason tells you must be joined, must be insane. 
nor could you see it if you heard the voice of reason. What can there be that stands between what is continuous? And if there is nothing in between, how can what enters part be kept away from other parts? Reason would tell you this, but think what you must recognize if it be so. 64. If you choose sin instead of healing, you would condemn the Son of God to what can never be corrected. You tell him by your choice that he is damned, separate from you, and from his Father forever, and without a hope of safe return. You teach him this, and you will learn of him exactly what you taught. For you can teach him only that he is as you would have him, and what you choose he be is but your choice for you. Yet think not this is fearful, that you are joined to him is but a fact, not an interpretation. How can a fact be fearful unless it disagrees with what you hold more dear than truth? Reason will tell you that this fact is your release. Neither your brother nor yourself can be attacked alone, but neither can accept a miracle instead without the other being blessed by it and healed of pain. Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader for 64 and 65? I could do this. Hi. It's Robin okay, Marie. Um, Shall right, I go? Uh, I think I also heard Sandra. He's there? Yeah. Yeah. I can go after Robin Marie. Okay. Let's do that then. Robin Marie, then Sandra. Go ahead. 64. If you choose sin instead of healing, you would condemn the Son of God to what can never be corrected. You tell him by your choice that he is damned, separate from you and from his Father forever and without a hope of safe return. You teach him this, and you will learn of him exactly what you taught, for you can teach him only that he is as you would have him, and what you choose he be is but your choice for you. Yet think not this is fearful. That you are joined to him is but a fact, not an interpretation. How can a fact be fearful unless it agrees with what you ho- disagrees? How can a fact be fearful unless it disagrees with what you hold more dear than truth? Reason will tell you that this fact is your release. Neither your brother nor yourself can be attacked alone, but neither can accept a miracle instead without the other being blessed by it and healed of pain. 65. Reason like love would reassure you and seeks not to frighten you. The power to heal the Son of God is given you because he must be one with you. You are responsible for, na- for how he sees himself 
And reason tells you it is given you to change his whole mind, which is one with you, in just an instant. And any instant serves to bring complete correction of his errors and make him whole. The instant that you choose to let yourself be, to let yourself be healed, in that same instant is his whole salvation theme as complete with yours. Reason is given you to understand that this is so. For reason, kind as is the purpose, purpose for which it is the means, leads steadily away from madness toward the goal of truth. And here you will lay down the burden of denying truth. This is the burden that is terrible and not the truth. Thank you, Robin Marie and Sandra. Sandra, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> 65. Reason like love, would reassure you and seeks not to frighten you. The power to heal the Son of God is given you because he must be one with you. You are responsible for how he sees himself, and reason tells you it is given you to change his whole mind, which is one with you, in just an instant, and any instant serves to bring complete correction of his errors and make him whole. The instant that you choose to let yourself be healed, in that same instant, is his whole salvation seen as complete with yours. Reason is given you to understand that this is so. For reason, kind as is the purpose for which it is, for which is the means, leads steadily away from madness toward the goal of truth. And here you will lay down the burden of denying truth. This is the burden that is terrible and not the truth. 66. That you are joined is salva- is your that you are joined is your salvation. The gift of heaven, not the gift of fear. Does heaven seem to be a burden to you in madness? Yes. And yet what madness sees must be dispelled by reason. Reason assures you heaven is what you want and all you want. Listen to him who speaks with reason and brings your reason into line with his. Be willing to let reason be the means by which he would direct you how to leave insanity behind. Hide not behind insanity in order to escape from reason. What madness would conceal, the Holy Spirit still holds out for everyone to look upon with gladness. Thank you, Sandra. And uh, I think we have a... There's another new reader. It's Mindy. Hi. Yeah. I think we have some unmuted, uh, unmuted lines. Yes, please go ahead, Mindy. Thank you. That you are joined is your salvation, the gift of heaven, not the gift of fear. Does heaven seem to be a burden to you? In madness, yes. And yet what madness sees must be dispelled by reason. Reason assures you heaven is what you want, 
and all you want. Listen to him who speaks with reason and brings your reason into line with his. Be willing to let reason be the means by which he would direct you how to leave insanity behind. Hide not behind insanity in order to escape from reason. What madness would conceal the Holy Spirit still holds out for everyone to look upon with gladness? 67. You are your brother's savior. He is yours. Reason speaks happily indeed of this. This gracious plan was given love by love. And what love plans is like itself in this. Being united, it would have you learn what you must be. And being one with it, it must be given you to give what it has given and give still. Spend but an instant in the glad acceptance of what is given you to give your brother and learn with him what has been given both of you. To give is no more blessed than to receive, but neither is it less. Thank you, Mindy. And is there a new reader for 67 and 68? Okay, back to you, Fran. 67. You are your brother's savior. He is yours. Reason speaks happily indeed of this. This gracious plan was given love by love, and what love plans is like itself in this. Being united, it would have you learn what you must be, and being one with it, it must be given you to give what it has given and gives still. Spend but an instant in the glad acceptance of what is given you to give your brother, and learn with him what has been given both of you. To give is no more blessed than to receive but neither is it less. 68. The Son of God is always blessed as one, and as his gratitude goes out to you who blessed him, reason will tell you that it cannot be you stand apart from blessing. The gratitude he offers you reminds you of the thanks your Father gives you for completing him. And here alone does reason tell you that you can understand what you must be. Your father is as close to you as is your brother. Yet what is there that could be nearer you than is yourself? Thank you, friend. And Lori. 68. Son of God is... His gratitude goes out to you who blessed him. Reason will tell you that it cannot be you stand apart from blessing. Gratitude he offers you reminds you of the thanks your father gives you for completing him. And here alone does reason tell you that you can understand what you must be. Your father is as close to you as is your brother. Yet what is there that could be nearer you than is yourself? 69. The power that you have over the Son of God is not a threat to his reality. 
it attests to it. Where could his freedom lie but in himself if he is to be free already? And who could bind him but himself if he deny his freedom? God is not mocked. No more his son can be imprisoned save by his own desire. And it is by his own desire that he is freed. Such is his strength and not his weakness. He is at his own mercy. And where he chooses to be merciful, there is he free. But where he chooses to condemn instead, there is he held a prisoner waiting in chains his pardon on himself to set him free. Thank you, Lori. And Jennifer. 69. The power that you have over the Son of God is not a threat to his reality. It but attests to it. Where could his freedom lie but in himself? If he be free already? And who could bind him but himself if he deny his freedom? God is not mocked. No more his son can be imprisoned save by his own desire. And it is by his own desire that he be freed. Such is his strength and not his weakness. He is at his own mercy. And where he chooses to be merciful, there he is free. But where he chooses to condemn instead, there he held a prisoner, waiting in chains, his pardon on himself to set him free. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank to everyone who read. Which is everyone who is here. And um, I think what uh, what I see in our okay, or I'm told to go with this is kind of beyond the title. I mean, the title is Reason and Correction. And, you know, the point I'm trying to get to is here in the first sentence that the correction is not about the error, but about what lies beyond. So reason can't see sin, but it can see errors and lead to the cor- their correction. doesn't tell you the error, but the correction. And this is, uh, I believe this to be a call to uh, a uh, the thought system that created the world and still creates creation and and holds heaven 
not as a fixed thing, but as a continual action of love. And so this complete um, thought system is it looks beyond any apparent separation. And so from 65, reason, like love, would reassure you and seek not to frighten you. The power to heal the Son of God is given you because he must be one with you. You are responsible for how he sees himself. And reason tells you it is given you to change his whole mind, which is one with you, in just an instant. And any instant serves to bring complete correction of error and make him whole. The instant you choose to let yourself be healed, in that same instant is his whole salvation seen as complete with yours. Reason is given you to understand that this is so. For reason, kind as is the purpose for which it is the mean, leads steadily away from madness toward the goal of truth. And here you will lay down the burden of denying truth. This is the burden that is terrible and not the truth. That you are joined is your salvation, the gift of heaven. Erasing the gift of fear. So this is not a burden when it says, you are your brother's savior. He is yours. Reason speaks happily indeed of this. This gracious plan was given love by love. And what love plans is like itself in this. Being united, it would have you learn what you must be. And being one with it, it must be given you to give what it has given and give still. Spend but an instant in the glad acceptance of what has given you to give your brother and learn with him what has given what has been given both of you. To give is no more blessed than to receive, but neither is it less. The Son of God is always blessed as one. <clears throat> as you share this gratitude, it reminds us of the thanks our Father gives us for completing Him. And here alone does reason tell you that you can understand what you must be. Your Father is as close to you as is your brother. Yet what is there that could be nearer you than is yourself? The power that you have over the Son of God is not a burden, is, and it is not a threat to his reality, it, but a test to it. 
where could his freedom lie but in himself if he be free already? And who could bind him but himself if he deny his freedom? God is not mocked. No more his son can be imprisoned save by his own desire. And it is by his own desire that he is free. Such is our strength and not our weakness. He is at his own mercy, and where he chooses to be merciful, there is he free. But where he chooses to condemn instead, there is he held a prisoner, waiting in chains, his pardon on himself to set him free. And... uh, that's what I offer as a summary for reason and correction. Comes right up to the top of the hour. So, Fran, let's, uh, let's give our attention to Fran as she leads us into this new section of what is the world and uh, the lesson for the day. This holy instant is salvation comes. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. <coughs> Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we're on a new theme, What is the World? And the lesson for today, Lesson 241, (coughs) excuse me, this holy instant is salvation come. So I shall read some from What is the World, and then we will go to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is the world? The world is false perception. It is born of error, and it has not left its source. It will remain no longer than the thought which gave it birth is cherished. When the thought of separation has been changed to one of true forgiveness, will the world be seen in quite another light, and one which leads to truth, where all the world must disappear and all its errors vanish. Now its source has gone, and its effects are gone as well. The world was made as an attack on God. It symbolizes fear. Here was perception born, for knowledge could not cause such insane thoughts. But eyes deceive and ears hear falsely. Now mistakes become quite possible, for certainty has gone. The mechanisms of illusion have been born instead. As sight was made to lead away from truth, it can be redirected. Sounds become the call of God. And all perception can be given a new purpose. Let us not rest content until the world has joined our changed perception. Let us not be satisfied until forgiveness has been made complete. And let us not attempt to change our function. We must save the world. For we who made it must behold it through the eyes of Christ, that what was made to die be restored to everlasting life. Now we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 241. This holy instant is salvation come. What joy there is today. It is a time of special celebration. For today holds out the instant to the darkened world where its release is set. 
This is the time of hope for countless millions. They will be united now as you forgive them all, for I will be forgiven by you today. We have forgiven one another now, and so we come at last to you again, Father. Your Son, who never left, returns to heaven and his home. How glad are we to have our sanity restored to us and to remember that we all are one. Lesson 241, the holy instant is salvation come. We'll do our five-minute practice.
Lesson 241. This holy instant is salvation come. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, friend. I love that we do these themes in 10 days. One day is just not enough. (laughs) 10 days is perfect and complete. Yeah, we do, friend. Good morning, it's Karen. Thank you, friend for once again holding this space and leading us in meditation. Thank you, Lamorne, for such a great um, recap. So I was thinking and meditating on this this morning also, and what is the world? It says that the world I see is shown to me by my senses. My perceptions are based on my body senses. And... Somewhere else in the course it says that my external world that I see is a reflection of my inward condition. And so this morning in meditation, I looked around and I looked around my room and I looked around and I saw all this beauty and positive um, representations of memories, you know, my house, my beautiful little house. And I thought of how much time I spend outside in nature and the beauty in nature. And then I thought of a person in my life and all this um, feelings of helplessness and worthlessness and despair and all these things that this person seems to be going through, which came up in my mind. And I thought about it and I thought... Um, I'm projecting this on her because somewhere inside of me and my unconscious, I haven't healed it. I haven't forgiven it or I haven't cleared it. It's a block and it's a block that I'm projecting into the world. And um, I absolutely want to let it go for the sake of the other person, of course, but and then the whole reading was about whatever you whatever you believe about yourself, you believe about your brother. Whatever you believe about your brother, 
you believe about yourself. We're in this boat together, she and I. <laughs> you know, I can't get saved if she doesn't get saved. I can't be forgiven if she isn't forgiven. I can't be purified or seen as purified or understood and recognized as healed and a holy child of God unless it extends to her as well. And, you know, why am I still stuck? I don't know. But once again, I just offered it to the Holy Spirit that whatever um, self-hatred is still there, that I see reason for seeing in her, I offer to the Holy Spirit. And then I had this thought of who else or what else in the world that I judge harshly. And a political person came to mind, and instantly my mind came up with, oh, that's the devil. And that's like the child mind is still holding a belief that there is such a thing as a devil. You know, it was so, so strongly ingrained in me as a child, as a little girl, a child, innocent child going to catechism and being taught from like the very first moment, there is a devil, there is a devil. Be afraid, there is a devil. So to... It's a falsehood, a belief in falsehood, but again, something that's not cleared, something that's not cleared that I'm still projecting in the world as real, and it's not real. So what is the real? And salvation is available in the holy instant of this present moment. You know, the veil of illusion can be parted. The world beyond my eyes, my ears can be parted the truth. Um, so I offer myself to that. I am complete. The beautiful offering. Thank you, Karen. Good morning, everybody. This is Jennifer. And um, what's come to me is in all this, um, this reading this morning is just recognizing my judgment and just observing my judgment of myself and the other. Um, Then I'm free to make the choice of reason or to you know, be in misery and hell and suffer. So I just, I really extend and offer um, this gift that I'm recognizing um, to myself and to all of you. It's just, just to observe where your mind is and am I judging? And then, um, then make the next choice heaven or hell. And um, you deserve reason. I love you guys. I'm complete. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer.
Ooh, good morning, guys. It's Jude. Hi. Um, the reading today um, about what the world is and how it's a grand per- perception, one grand false perception, either one grand false perception through a personal self that sees itself as the body, looking through the body's eyes, that false perception. What I've learned to discern is that I'm the knower of my thoughts, that step back, I'll step back and let him lead the way, seeing seeing through the eyes of Christ consciousness, through vision, seeing through only loving thoughts, non-judgmental thoughts. And that includes looking at myself, because I'm an image of my own making, and I think I have personal thoughts, I think I have personal interpretations. But that's just merely the wrong perception of not only myself, but of my brothers and sisters and the world. It's through a personal point of view. And the reading about the world today, I think, makes this more and more clear to me that if I'm using vision, uniting with the mind of Christ and the eyes of God, looking through the eyes of God, God sees only through the eyes of love, including Judy, looking at Judy, and seeing Judy's thoughts is either wrong or false or, or, or right-minded thoughts, loving, non-judgmental thoughts of Judy, that Judy's included in this pure perception along with everybody else. So I have to really step back from Judy in order to make the one choice, make the one alternative for pure perception through the eyes of one who knows what the truth is, how to see things correctly without judgment and evaluation. All thoughts are partial and not whole or complete. And the atonement is the one complete concept that is possible in this world that I see through the loving, unconditionally loving eyes of God and through the unconditional loving eyes of Christ. Or I can see through the eyes of the body, which are all interpretations through a personal point of view, learned through all the experiences and memories that I have from the past, upon which I base all my judgments, judging things as good or bad, acceptable or unacceptable. The eyes of Christ makes no distinctions. It only sees through the eyes of love and sees love only as itself. So the the wrong-minded perception is the one way that the the reading about the world makes clear to me today. And the the right-minded, identifying myself with who I am, the I am Christ consciousness, that looks upon all as an expression of the love of God. We were created perfect, perfect in spirit and of one mind, which is capable of purely perceiving everything as itself, one united in a state of grace, the total expression, the total pure expression of perception, pure perception, love perceiving perceiving itself as itself. So it's simpl- simplified 
I don't have to think about it. <laughs> There's nothing to think about. <laughs> here I go, there I go. Working at it again today, guys. Thank you all for being together here with me. We all go together. Amen. I'm complete. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, Yeah, that was good. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Uh, This is Robin Marie, and I'm going to be going into a classroom with children who have been with other teachers and this um, what Judy said just now is really helpful because I'm going to have a couple of children who have been told that they are mean and selfish <laughs> and they're just three so um, you know there's there's several different ways of teaching in this school and We can't hear you anymore, Robin Murray. I see she's proud. Well, I see you're still here, but there are different ways. Vision of, of themselves. There you go. So thank you for listening. Robin Marie, you dropped away right after, um, I mean, we stopped hearing you right after there are several different ways of teaching in this school. And I was oh, waiting. can you hear me? I made a breath for the rest. Now, now we can oh. hear you, yes. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> well, I just am, you know, really delighted that we're talking about Christ's vision and, you know, just seeing each child as being so unique and so god you know so created by source and and really lovely and bringing that out in each one and um being on top of it so that i can be there when any kind of uh quote unquote conflict uh, seems to be happening that i can be there right away so that one child is not blamed for it but that we can work it out so it's going to be a challenge with several of those children to turn their vision of themselves around to Christ. So anyway, that was it. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad thank to you. for the rest of that. Well, thank you. I'm glad to have you as a teacher. Uh, yeah, Robin Marie, your quote rem- or your comment reminds me of something that I turned to this morning. Um, In chapter 5, at the beginning of chapter 5, he talks about the healer's prayer. Let me see this, brother, as I 
see myself. And um, and another quote that comes to mind is, uh, you can't really give anything but love to anyone, nor can you really receive anything but love from them. And there's an amazing thing about um, seeing with love eyes, uh, like he asks us to do here in Reason and Correction. Um, in that section in chapter 5 he was talking to Helen and and he said you've been a very wise and loving and understanding therapist except for yourself except for yourself because we tend to um, or at least I do I tend to direct relationships away from myself um, in a way where I stand outside the relationship. But when I realize, and that's why I just love that opening today, find the sweetness in your own heart, that you may find the sweetness in every heart. Um, he said, if your brothers are part of you, will you accept them as part of you? And it turns out that every every miracle of love every miracle that follows the blessing of forgiveness reveals to me that my brother this one this this whoever this I think I'm seeing is already part of me they're already in there I love them already but it's like I'm the last one to know it because my body's eyes put them out there you know let's see with my body's eyes and they're over there but when I realized that from the beginning, this one all belongs to me, this one is already part of myself, this one belongs to me more totally than I can possibly realize, it's my natural inclination, just like a mother, to love this part of myself. And it turns out that love heals. You know, love is, is the healing balm that every child of God, every little one, every big one, every old one, everyone uh, needs, you know. And it's the only way for me to discover it's in me, but to share it. And um, so when I find that sweet spot in my own heart, it flows over. It flows all by itself. I don't have to do anything. This one belongs to me. And uh, I naturally care for it. He said, you can see the flesh or you can see the spirit. And when you choose the spirit, all heaven leans to bless your eyes and your holy sight that you may see the world of flesh no more except to heal and comfort and bless and all of that flows naturally out of the heart of love that that knows itself you know you've been a very wise and loving and kind teacher except to yourself find when I find that sweet spot um, right here with me always uh, it's just like he says uh, this gracious plan given love by love it just flows all by itself and uh, 
I want you to know uh, it's very apparent to me that sweet spot. So, in you, I'm complete. Oh, thanks so much for that, Lori. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Lori. It's, it's um. Thank you, Lori. I, I think the way the the way the view of separation doesn't see reasons see reason the way it's proposed here, I think, but sees reasons <laughs> for um for separation <clears throat> and this is why the the view of uh, the world as a separate thing is a false perception and uh, I think you know to understand um, you know the search the search for in the course of love, it, it talks about how the search for God and the search for self and, and are are really one. And he he like gets right to that space here and leaves it for us to pull it together. That the search for self and understanding the world and understanding God and life itself. You know, when he, I think he would say that reason <laughs> is kind because it wants you to see that that it, that there is an essential unity there, and then then uh, you know, not only does the faculty of reason have a a firm place. Um, but it, it's always healing and uh, healing the misperception that uh, seems to demand, you know, or demand or always lead to some kind of conflict. We tend to approach these big questions which are intended to explain everything is like putting the world together out of a billion piece jigsaw puzzle set or something and you know reason tells you you might get it done but it's going to take a long time <laughs> and uh, instead to start with a, a different axiom and instead of uh, instead of viewing difference as separating, um, see the difference as evidence of continuous relationship. That that's all difference really implies is relationship. You see two things, and you see how they're different, 
but they are joined actually in in the in the act of bringing them together and there is a relationship there not just between the two things but with you as perceiver and with the whole context that these perceived objects are in and uh yeah so reason reason uh <laughs> i think reason is it's proposed here bids us always to uh be willing to take the step back into the broader view so that we can see the whole picture and uh not just whatever seeming conflict arises between uh yeah, whatever earth and earth and the ocean or earth and sky. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was well said. Yeah, thank, thank you, This is Jennifer. Another thing that just came to mind is reason um, when I am tuned into reason, just a shrapnel of reason in a moment of stress, judgment, um, the fear, it leaves that moment. I can feel, oh, and then I, I think, well, what do I do now? And and reason says, this is what I would have you do next. And in some way, it's through a feeling. And then my action now is to be in prayer that I stay connected to reason as I do the next action where once before I was fought with fear and judgment and um, misbelief. I pass. Well, thank you, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Remind, you remind me of something I read about um, reasoning in, an, in another book, and they spoke of reasoning as higher and lower reasoning. And differentiated it between how the ego reasons according to its logic and um, spiritual reasoning reasons according to its logic, which is always perfectly consistent, changeless, and constant. It has one response, and that is love. And um, talking about the lower reasoning that, you know, filters through the thinking mind and personal interpretation, that, you know, it has varying uh, hierarchies of value and um, this is where the, the laws of chaos start to rule. What is true for one person isn't true for another person. And um, sticking with the higher level of reasoning that comes from the pure perception of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know, recently we read 
that the only interpretation that's correct is the Holy Spirit's interpretation of what I see. And the way that I see it with him is through Christ consciousness, that that is my choice. I have two choices, either the ego or the mind of God. And if I want to establish myself in the truth of who I am, that I am open-minded, aware that everything is aware with the same I am consciousness, that it's all God looking at God itself. You know, there's nothing to interpret. It's a pure interpretation. It's singular, and it's constant and and consistent. There's no other lower reasoning or logic or naming or defining or distinctions to it. It takes all of that, you know, out of it. And what is the same spiritually cannot be different because it's all one and the same. And what is one and the same cannot have different parts. It's all whole and one in its wholeness and its completion. So it's not the number one. It's the oneness, the state of unity, the state of grace, that there is one and there is no other. There's nothing in between to choose from because there's only one, oneness. It's the totality of our reality is knowing that all of creation is I am and that is what we are. We are that whenever anybody says it, I am, whatever you say after that is yours personally. But whenever we all say I am, it's God in us expressing himself personally so how will we express and extend the knowledge of that I am that I am or will we express from the personality or the person so it for me requires stepping back and being quiet and letting what thoughts come come from silence and this is something new I'm learning how to practice, that thoughts can come from that stillness, from the voice of God himself, from the Holy Spirit in me. Because he goes with me, he's constantly, consistently with me. But I have to be still in order to hear it and then be able to be a, be a channel for that love and that peace. So there I go, there I go again. Thank you, my beloved. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. You know, one thing that really struck me hard between the eyes was that we're co-creators with God, and we're either co-creating in beauty and love and peace and joy, or that I'm co-creating misery. So... That's, that's the decision. I'm either miscreating with the ego and, you know, sticking in the dream, sickness, dying, and death, or I'm co-creating with love and love and peace and joy. So, here we go. Uh, enough out of me. <laughs> Well, this is Jennifer, and um, 
in 65, I want to read, read this. Um, Reason like love would reassure you and seeks to not frighten you. The power to heal the Son of God is given you because he must be with you. You are responsible for how he sees himself. So I'm always, um, being a human being, all human beings were always in a state of fear. And um, the bridge out of that is just remembering to pause and recognize this state. And that this is what, it, you know, this is the way it is when we're here. But if I can just accept that and then allow allow the Holy Spirit to guide me and, and, and accept that I constantly need help all the time. I constantly, if I am in, uh, connected uh, to that bridge to the Holy Spirit, Christ within me, I'm constantly needing help. And, and to not judge that, that I and my brothers and sisters constantly are needing love. In every moment. So with that understanding, my prayer is that um, we all, and myself included, accept that this is a state that, you know, we're in and it's just the human condition. And that as we go forward in each moment, we remember God and and let, let God heal us and complete. Sweet. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, thank, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for that. You remind me that there's a big difference between the ego's use of time, which I can recognize in my own thinking when I'm thinking about something from the past or thinking about something in the future. That's egoic thinking. And if I'm present, which the lesson is all about today, my salvation is in this holy instant. The only time in eternity is now, here and now. And I'm either in peace and in love, or my mind's somewhere else. Ergo, thank you for that.
Well, thank you, uh, Judy and Jennifer. I I think one of the, for me anyway, one of the greatest gifts in this book is the explanation of what what is <clears throat> stated in the Bible, and he restates it in the Chorus, that heaven and earth shall pass away. Um, in this Chorus, he, he, uh, he makes it clear that what he's talking about passing away is the world that we build on the false perception of separation passes away. You know, and then letting go of the fear and judgment, which holds that separate, you know, which is the product of our belief in that separation, and letting that go, um, that the distinction between heaven and earth passes away. And uh, it, it doesn't, it's not like you know when I when I read that read that in the Bible, and I think a lot of people with an apocalyptic sort of vision, not understanding that apocalypse means lifting of the veil, um, more of an Armageddon sort of vision. To see the that heaven and earth passing away is like at best melting into some kind of cosmic soup or something, and. Uh, and you know, for me, that was that's always like, well, then, you know, it's sort of like the the I get the dark vision of I need do nothing, which is like, I what does it matter what I do, right? But it you know it does matter. <laughs> um, not in the sense that matter is the only thing that matters, but it matters how we perceive the world because that's the way it is for us when we perceive it. And so it relates, but it really relates moment to moment with this line that just, I, I think, what you, your, <laughs> where is it? There it is, in 65 brought me back to it, Jennifer. The instant that you choose to let yourself be healed, in that same instant is your brother's whole salvation seen as complete with yours. That, you know, all the all the fear and separation um, is a product of perception and in the corrected perception. Um, you can see that everyone else's salvation is the same. At least you may not see it as complete right now, but it's the same. It is the same form of salvation, of ceasing the struggle against the world that we created with the false perception of fear and uh, reinforced with judgment and belief. Um, so, yeah, one... 
I kind of, uh, I've been looking for something. I had a long, happy discussion yesterday with Leaf Lynn. It was mostly about how, about this this concept of the, the world, this false perception. Uh, it's not like it's not there or nothing is there. It's actually heaven. But we see it as like, an object of fear, and uh, um, this is chosen by <laughs> the word hierarchical. You know, values in in that world, or what the course calls this world, right? Values in this world are hierarchical, right? And not everything you may want to learn has lasting value. This is an expansion of seek and ye shall find, where he says it does not mean you should seek blindly and desperately for something you would not recognize. Meaningful seeking is consciously undertaken, consciously organized, and consciously directed. The goal must be formulated clearly and kept in mind. He says, as a teacher with some experience, this is from chapter four, the ego body illusion. As a teacher with some experience, let me remind you that learning and wanting to learn are inseparable. All learners learn best when they believe that what they are trying to learn is of value to them. I think this is why he want us to be happy learners is then we're using the means and then can be one. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes on to say um, that many of the things we want to learn in the, you know, within this perception of separation, they're chosen because their value will not last. But the ego thinks it's an advantage not to commit itself to anything that's eternal because, and here's the reason, the reason behind that, reason would say the eternal must come from God, right? So and here's, a, here's this little su- surprising fact that eternalness is one function the ego tries to develop but it systematically fails. And he says, it may surprise you to learn that had the ego wished to do so, you know, create the eternal, it could have made the eternal because as a product of the mind, it is endowed with the power of its own creator. However, the choice or decision to do this, not the ability to do it, is what the ego cannot tolerate. It's because the decision from which the ability would naturally develop to create the eternal would necessarily involve accurate perception, a state of clarity which the ego must avoid because it would disappear. You know, the ego being the view of uh, ourselves is somehow completely separate and alone. So, (laughs) reason 
would, I think, reason that he's talking about in today's section would say that we really only ever create the eternal. Everything else, you know, that we try to make or miscreate is either, you know, making things in form, that's that's great and useful, or miscreating our our worldview is it's not really threatening to what is real. It's just illusion. And you know, it it passes when we cease to believe that that our misperceptions are really creating the eternal. Because if they you know, if we did, when we do, the ego just isn't there anymore. <laughs> because it can't do it because it would dissolve itself in the process. Anyway. So, you know, none of that is a cause for fear. You know, the mistakes, they're just call for correction. That's all. And, uh, anyway, I'm complete with that. I think that, I think that might be helpful in applying it so I thought I'd offer it. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, I Thank loved you. every bit of that. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yeah, imagine never having to buy another car again. <laughs> Eternal clothes. The eternal body at, at in perfect health. What age would we pick? Uh, you know that the whole idea of anything that changes, anything that's temporal, is not who, the truth of who I am. So I, that was great, Lemoyne. I'll, I'll stop there. That was just really good. Thank you. One, one thing that came to mind was um, I was imagining um, or feeling what it feels like to go from a state of fear um, into um, bridging into a, a state of peace because really deep down I just want peace, which is the eternal. And then I saw myself in that state of peace so lit, so happy, doing something, one thing that I love most. And I thought, oh, wow, there goes my imagination. Or there is my imagination. And I started to, so from this platform of reason and clearing the slate in each moment that I have the opportunity to do so, which is many moments, I'm 51, most likely ahead of me, that I have this opportunity uh, to steep in peace, which that bridge of eternal is allowing me to use my imagination to create what I love most. So this is just the beginning, friends. (laughs) 
imagination that comes from heaven. It's my mind linked with God's mind in my own connected, unified um, way. But we all are like a spoke on the wheel. We all have our um, unique way about us. But I'm using my uniqueness and my imagination. So when I look uh, in a state of fear at something and then I... I allow the bridge. I'm allowing my imagination to show me what's next. How do I do this? I need your love. I need your love, God, in this moment, every moment. And um, so how exciting. There's more to come. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. I like that thing of clearing the slate and releasing the imagination from uh, all the personal perceptions that were only limited. Lovely. Thank you. Yes, that was beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer. I was reading this morning about um, how we were created perfect and that the perfect spirit, soul, and the mind that created, created us were one with and how their Christ consciousness is the expression of that, the extension of that, and that's what uh, continues co-creating. The seeds, all the seeds of perfection, of creating something beautiful, something loving, something true, come from that, that state of peace that constant, consistent, unchangeless state of perfection that we already are, that's already accomplished. And, and thinking, you know, talking about a new beginning, every day is a new beginning, every day we're creating, we're making an image of ourselves coming into the body when we wake up out of deep, peaceful sleep. When our minds are asleep, we come first wake up and... We say, oh, I'm a mind, I'm, a, I'm waking up, and then I come into my body. And it's like every day we're, we're co-creating with God through this mind, one-mindedness, an image of a form. And so much of it's limited by the, by the beliefs that we limit ourselves to, by what the world says we are. And, you know, thinking about being in a body and, you know, sickness being a defense against that truth that we're co-creating ourselves every day, that I can wake up and I can be in a perfectly healthy body every day. I go to sleep with that intention. I don't know. How do we do that? Can we do that? 
if it's salvation's immediate, <laughs> I'm asking. I don't know. I'm still working. A pro- work in progress. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We all are work in progress. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you, Judy. I, I like the, the the thing of your uh, thing of awakening. I mean, I think this is part of why he says, you know, practice when you first wake up and when you go to sleep at night. When you, when you do it when you go to sleep at night to give your mind to the Holy Spirit and sleep and I think when if you, when it's done on awakening uh, from sleep it can provide that you know I, I remember when I when I did landmark education and or the when first did that, it was striking that when I woke up, I could feel myself taking on the old pattern of that where I had to, you know, it was like taking on judgments of the world and my place in it and just, and all those things that, as Jennifer pointed out, that limit our imagination. And, uh, you know, creation, I think, is, is with a capital C, is not limited. It, it's it's uh, forever. Its eternal nature is, is love expressing, it, love expressing love, love creating like itself. And so that is, that's an eternal, ever-expanding process. And, uh, yeah, that thing where we can awaken to that <laughs> or we can awaken to, a, you know, oh, gosh, it, it, you know, somebody's going to pick on me. i got to be ready and all that stuff. The, the, uh, the things we believe, put them back on. And this really is a choice moment to moment, but it's very clear on awakening. If you catch your, if you can just see yourself. Um, preparing to survive a, wor- a separate world that's out to get you rather than or that out to get me, that's my perception. And uh, instead, see it as like a return to life and form. And, uh, and that life and form being participation in creation. And uh, yeah, I think the the world of this world created by false perception pass away when we stop creating it, miscreating, trying to create it as an eternal thing. When it, the only eternal thing about it is that it's not accurate. <laughs> anyway, I'm complete there. Uh, Lori, do you have a close for the recording? Um, I'm glad you asked. Boy, 
Um, I'm looking at paragraph 66. Turn the page so I can see it. That you are joined is your salvation. The gift of heaven, not the gift of fear. That you are joined is the gift of heaven. Think of it this way. Your brother's holiness is sacrament and benediction unto you. His errors cannot withhold God's blessing from himself, nor you who see him truly. His mistakes can cause delay, which it has given you to take from him, that both may end a journey that has never been begun. It needs no end. What never was is not a part of you. What never was is not a part of you. Yet you will think it is until you realize it is not a part of him who stands beside you. He is the mirror of yourself wherein you see the judgment you have laid on both of you. The Christ in you beholds his holiness. This, this gift of heaven given love by love the right mind the correction of my errors and the atonement. Amen. Oh, thank you for that. But thank you. Thanks, everybody. Yep. As you see him, you'll see yourself. Thanks, friend. You do such a great job. And thanks, Lemoyne. You bring so much depth to this discussion. I'm really grateful. Well, thanks so much, Lori. Same to you. You're amazing. Love you guys. It's a great call. Yeah. Yeah, there's just more and more and more to be seen, isn't there? Yep, it's all there to be seen and known. And uh, thank you all. Thank you. Thank you both, Laurie and Fran, for your constancy. And everyone else who participated, anyone who's listening now or in the future, and I'll end the recording, but not the call. So on we go.